0: Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach, and you're listening to Green Juice and Tequila. Green Juice and Tequila represents the earthy, organic, natural vibes colliding with raw, imperfect, and unfiltered stories. Some of us can have it all together, y'all. Eating the latest health nut craze, drink our green juice, meditate every morning, but we also have a side that's vulnerable, real, and sometimes stressed. Life throws you curveballs, y'all, and that's okay. You can be both, green juice and tequila. Hey, y'all. We are so excited and pumped for this upcoming episode. One of my most favorite inspirational Authentic, soulful women is on this upcoming episode. And this gal, you guys, many of you know who she is. She is someone who can capture people's soul and aura through the lens of a camera. This gal has a way of just connecting with women connecting with families connecting with kiddos I think if you were to ever work with her you would just feel the exact message and, and energy we'll be discussing in podcast today but I'm so grateful to have
1: Laura what? What a, I'm so happy to be here <laughs> thank you for having green me green juice and tequila yes <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, y'all, if you don't know who Laura Morrison is, she is, like, one of the most talented photographers in this area. In fact, she, like, travels all over the country. That's right. She does a lot of, like, editorial and family. Like, your stuff is so powerful. Obviously, if you guys were ever to follow, follow me on Instagram or even get on my website, all of my stuff is from Laura. That's right. So... Real quick, Laura, just give yeah. a little quick bio. Tell us, like, oh what got gosh. you into
1: photography, like, yeah. where you are right now. Yes. So, thank you, first off, for having me here. This is, like, this is so surreal, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, Man, a quick bio. I, um... I am a person from Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and I was homeschooled and I'm the second oldest of six kids in my family. And just with a roundabout uh, spur of events that happened when I was growing up, I really, um, just like with family stuff going on, I didn't really get the education that I guess was expected of of a person that's going through life and um learned to kind of fill in the the blank spaces on my own and with that came a lot of creativity and photography just came about throughout life and and girl photography is that's your jam that's your thing that's my jam like you are
0: so like your stuff I, you see people's, I keep saying it, but you feel like see people's souls through your work. And you're going to make me cry in the oh first two gosh. minutes of this podcast. I'm free, <laughs> well, I'm just like, I want people to know that this is more than just like someone who takes family portraits out in the middle right. of the field. Like, right, Your stuff is so beautiful and amazing. And Thank I'm just you. like, wow, so excited. I think like Laura and I met. Oh my gosh. Like, was it 2014 or 15? It was, it had to have been. Yeah. And I'm trying to, oh, I remember. Okay. So, guys, I have two kids. I was like, I want to do family fo- photos. Yes. And I found some random girl on Facebook and I was like, oh, I love her photos. And so <laughs> I, thought that I researched the right photographer and did an email to Laura and was like hey um this person's photos are amazing and you took them and I want you to do my photos
1: yes
0: can I get information and blah 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 she writes me back Mm -hmm. and says I would love to do your photos but I have to be honest with you oh no (laughs) that those were not my photos (laughs) I did That's not take not, those. And I was I like, I
1: forgot about that.
0: <laughs> but I was looking at her website. I was like, oh shit, I still want to hire her because
1: her stuff's really good. So I completely forgot about that.
0: <laughs> and I
1: remember feeling so nervous to tell you, like, I can contact you with this person maybe that you liked their photos but just side note those aren't my photos. I I think you did send the link of the other person's photos too. I cannot believe that I forgot about this. I know. But Laura
0: still won us over and so anywho she took our family photos one of our first and they ended up being so
1: magical and so fun and I completely
0: fell in love with you during our shoot. I fell in love with you. Which so many people who use you and have like had worked with you. They all say the same story, y'all. Every single wow. person that works with Laura is like, "I love this girl. She's like my new best friend." And I don't know how you have the bandwidth and capacity to do that with every single client cuz you photograph a lot.
1: I photograph a lot of people and you know, and I'm sure we'll dive into this more later, but um something that I'm really open about is that I have been I've been in therapy for a very long time yeah. from, like, my teens and even before. And I think just through the years realizing everybody has a story that they're mm-hmm. bringing to the table. Yeah. That's kind of how I approach each person that's in front you of my do. camera. do. I you, try. Yeah, you can get
0: people's stories out pretty fast. Yeah. You just have this, like, nice vibe, energy... And thank you're a nurturer, you. like you invite that to open up too. And you're so authentic and raw. I think when you share your stories, it just gives permission for people to share theirs too. Which thank you, yeah, that's a really big compliment. Well, that's, that's like just like real stuff right there, my friend. Very much so. So when it comes to photography, I always have all these questions. I was telling Laura before we started. I'm like, I look at these amazing women that I aspire to over social media, mm-hmm. and I'm like, goodness, I have all these questions but it would be so weird to like email them yeah and be like hey these little fashion week photos are fucking cool how <laughs> yeah. did you get that gig and oh my gosh how do you get up there and what's that like and I'm just super intrigued by fashion week okay and all the editorial stuff you do
1: I love that you brought that up because that is something where First, it's one of the main things that I'm asked about whenever I have the chance to go. People are like, How did you get there? What's it like? Can I go with you? Um, can I go? With you? And 100% <laughs> yes, you can. Um, so basically, I had always had a fascination with fashion and grew up loving fashion. And, um, and, I found out what week Fashion Week was in New York and thought, huh, how hard would it be to get a Southwest plane ticket for like 49 bucks one way or, you know, each way and and just show up at Fashion Week with my camera. I had no idea what to expect. And I had connected with a blogger from Dallas who was like, yeah, I actually want to go and do some photos there during Fashion Week to create some um some energy and some attention around her blog at the time and I said let's do this and ever since then I would just go back on my own and you show up you find out where the shows are and you just do it you just put yourself in the place where you want to be and once Holy you do crud. like there's no barriers there that are telling you you aren't allowed to be there yeah I just flew myself up there on a Southwest Airlines you know ticket that is freaking awesome it's freaking awesome
0: like how like I just think like people probably build up this huge barrier story in their head that oh I can't go unless I get this like that's right amazing invitation or I have to be in all of these magazines yep. before this happens but you're like yep. no I'm gonna show up because I like fashion and I want to yep. take pictures of it
1: absolutely and I'm gonna figure
0: out how to make it happen and that's right and I'm gonna put it out there yeah so do you feel like because you've done some of these like I don't wanna say it's risky but you just like kind of Put yourself out there. Has that benefited you in any upcoming? Like, I know you've been featured in some magazines. Like, I remember there was a story a couple years ago, maybe like a year or two ago, Mm -hmm.
1: where you were asked to come photograph
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for a major magazine. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been multiple instances where, through experiences where I've put myself in a platform that allows itself to be seen by a lot of people whether it's a specific location like Fashion Week or a specific event like Fashion Week. But I think going to places and events where you think, I might not be invited because I don't have a badge or I didn't Mm -hmm. get personally invited, when it's a public event and it takes place on public streets of, for example, New York City, that's something that is a self-invitation. If you want to go and that means something to you, Put yourself there,
0: you Love know? It. I think that's like, that's the more ballsy thing that I think women especially have a, like a challenge of really putting themselves out there and doing that. Like yeah. I think women, I talked about this in a previous podcast with a couple of gals who are entrepreneurs as well. And they were like, you know, women have to make this perfect little package mm to like present to the world they have it all together and that whatever they're presenting is so ready to be seen yeah that it can take so many years and so many bears to fight through yeah. but in reality and they said the same thing this morning they're like just throw yourself out there and just do it right. if it's not perfect who cares right if you're not a la fashion working for whatever big company mm-hmm. photographer it's mm-hmm. like who cares? Go out there and do what, do the reason why you decided to be a photographer. Yeah. And what things that make you happy. Yeah. And the things that you want to do.
1: Yep. And girls, we got to stop doing that shit. A hundred percent. Yeah. That no was more. like the main thing that I got is feedback. Like when I was there in, in, in New York, um, like throughout the years, people would DM me on Instagram being like, who hired you to be there? Are you making money off of this? Yeah. Um, And the answers to those types of questions, no one gave me permission or an invitation to be there. No, I'm not making money off of this directly because this is something that I knew it's an investment in myself. It's an investment in my business. And to be honest with you, like the first couple of years I went, I was maybe when you're standing outside of a major fashion show waiting for everybody everybody to arrive and to leave – there were maybe two female photographers there in a sea of like 30 male photographers. That is what really spurred my interest to keep showing up. Yeah. Um, because when you are on that pavement trying to get a photo or trying to connect with a person, celebrity, model, anyone, what it really comes down to when you're trying to connect with a celebrity or a model or anyone that is attending the show The way that you approach them and ask them for a photo, which is something that I made a point to do, is if I am going to ask someone for a specific photo, maybe in a specific area, I would approach them, make eye contact, and ask them, hey, would you mind if I took a photo of you? And if they said no, they got to run, I respected that. And if they said, yeah, let's do it, then I had that time to connect with them on a very respectful level. And not impose myself or, or run up to them and just force them to do something they don't want to do. And so year after year, I would get to know people attending shows. They would remember me. And there's a comfortability and a respect there. That is
0: so stinking cool! I just know every year you go, I'm always like so jealous. I'm like, I want to go. Yeah, you should I, come. I know I want to come to New York. I want to be like uh, on just on your shoulder and watch all of it, and, and like wear wigs and be like yes. super cool and fun and not myself.
1: Yes, a hundred percent.
0: Come on,
1: let's do it. Okay, I'm in. I would love it.
0: Um. Okay, so before we switch gears, because we're gonna get deep here, y'all. We're gonna go. We just did a little green juice fluff. We're going to get deep into some tequila stuff here soon. But, okay, have you played this game called 20 Questions? I truly don't think I've ever played this in my life. It is super fun. It's a lot of random questions. We're going to get to know you really fast um, I'm and so really excited.
1: deep. Okay, whoa. So
0: I'm going to go through these questions and you just answer them for the, the best ability that you can. Okay. Honest. Okay. Okay. Best book you've read. Oh my gosh! I know there's so many good
1: ones, right? And I feel like just one. You just gotta pick one book. Okay, um, I actually I'm reading an amazing book right now called Fed Up, Ooh. and it is about gender roles in marriage and the emotional weight that women carry within Holy heterosexual cool relationships rut. i want to read that book that sounds so really light reading, reading. Yes, light reading like 50 shades of gray 50 shades of that's gray that's my favorite book i mean i bet that's amazing this is one i had on my mind for a long time so yeah it's really good so far so
0: fed up okay who would you rather go to lunch with bill murray or alec baldwin Bill Murray for sure. Oh, for sure. He's oh my such gosh. a crazy loony Ben. Oh yeah. It and would be so like interesting to sit with him and yeah. laugh and see what he has to say and all his stories.
1: And isn't he the person that only attends any type of event via letter, like a handwritten letter? Oh my gosh. It would not surprise me. Yeah. Bill, Bill Murray, 100%.
0: Is... Okay. Perfect. Um, what scares you? Oh. <gasps>
1: It doesn't have to be deep. It could be something Ooh, heights. like. Heights. Oh, really? I am deathly afraid of heights, but I will face that fear every time I am. So, have faced you gone skydiving it? yet? Oh, H to the N O. Oh, man. I actually, you know what? I would do it. Yeah. But I'd be terrified. It and is I'd probably cry. It's so liberating. It's like, yeah.
0: the I loved it when yeah. I went skydiving. It yeah. was
1: so amazing. Yep. <sighs> I believe you. And if someone said, Please girl i'm taking this you me. skydiving
0: <laughs> no. we're doing next it next podcast
1: we are skydiving <laughs> We're
0: skydiving
1: in the air okay okay There'll
0: be a lot of background noise but we'll sure. get the message through we can do this um i'm scared of spiders and sharks oh, um okay fears oh yeah let me i can't even get into that today rosé or red wine rosé forever rosé all day
1: Mm -hmm. most embarrassing childhood memory oh my goodness you asked the right person where do I even begin I'll give you the one that comes to mind (laughs) so I was homeschooled I don't know if I shared that earlier but my mom would take us to um all different types of places for field trips and she took us to an aquarium and we approached a fish tank that was full of nurse sharks and catfish oh. I don't actually know I don't know enough about fish to know if that's like a survivable living coexistence yeah, yeah.
0: that's like that 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 ecosystem
1: works or not right yeah so <laughs> what I wanted to challenge is that if it would exist if I emerged myself in that oh and so no. I accidentally just had a a little mermaid moment and just dove right into that tank of fish shut the door did anything happen I got yanked out of there and kicked out of the aquarium okay quite okay speedily
0: that's Mm -hmm. pretty embarrassing pretty embarrassing (sighs) that's better than my embarrassing story oh yeah yeah I was in first grade I hung out with a bunch of boys on my street okay we did water balloons
1: oh yeah Like real water balloons or is that a term for something Like real water balloons. Okay.
0: And I stuck them in my shirt like boobs. Stop it now. And I ran around and made them jiggle. Oh, girl. That's pretty embarrassing. I feel like... That was first grade. I mean, we've all been there, right? I know. I'm good now, though. You're good. Okay. If you could adopt a baby koala or a baby monkey, what would it be?
1: I think a koala. Me too. They're so cute. They're so cute. And, calm. and see, that's what I was gonna say. Is I have very slow-moving animals. My yes. dogs are slow-moving, and I think I need. I love my dogs. Need, I love my dogs. Muffy. Muffy. He's got a like.
0: He's got a whole stage name going on. Absolutely I feel like, magical, your, Muffy. Well Muffy. But you would. You would adopt a koala. For I sure, could, I would do that too. Mm-hmm. Who was your
1: first crush? Oh, that is a really good question. Actually, it's the same. Well, his name was John Martin, mm-hmm. which is so interesting because I have an uncle named John Martin. Oh, that is interesting. That was not my first crush. It was okay. not my uncle. It was this kid that I met, and um. And how old were you? I bet I was like five or six. Okay. Yeah. That's little. Yeah. But yeah, you got boyfriends then. Totally. For I mean sure. he was cool. I don't think it was mutual. Yeah. So it it you know it it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Kindergarten does that
0: to you. Yeah. First crush in kindergarten. Truly. Um, did you watch Game of Thrones? I absolutely did. Oh, did thank you? god, yes. Yes. That last episode was bullshit. Oh that was Tell me
1: about it. It ended mm. so
0: I know abruptly. Yep. It made no sense. I know. It made Mother of Dragons look like a
1: crazy pants and she was yep. not. Yep. And sp- uh, like, spoiler alert, hopefully everybody here has either not watched it respectfully and or watched it. I wanted her to fight back.
0: I did. I was She's like, a fighter. You wouldn't
1: take that like that. No way. You would at least like get a nail scratch or uh-uh. you'd get your own dagger out and you'd be like, dude, yeah. I don't think so. Yes. Come on. I know. I'm sad it's over. Me too. Game of Thrones. I know.
0: What is your favorite TV series? Shit's Creek. Oh my gosh. I, I love Shits Creek. Just started watching it this past weekend. First Gee, I'm season one. Isn't it amazing? It's hysterical.
1: David. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> that accent I was like, is that real? I I, don't know what it is. So sometimes I feel
0: like it's not there. And then sometimes it's there when she's having one of her moods. Yes. With her wigs and everything. Oh, the wigs. It's good, y'all. I'm only in season one, so don't spoil it for me. There's like, what, four or five seasons? Yeah, I think that's binging. It's about to
1: come out in October. I'm going to
0: have to play six sometimes. Yes. David is my favorite. Oh, David. David. So good. David. Oh, Mm -hmm. love it. Okay.
1: Jeans or leggings? Oh, how can you even ask I know. this? no, okay, you gotta give one though. I, you know, honestly, I feel like I have to say, comfortability.
0: Leggings. Yeah, black leggings are the jam. Now I will. I do like myself a pair of high-waisted bands, right? Like yes. the jeans. High-waisted jeans are yeah, kind of my jam lately. That's what I was gonna say.
1: But I'm a yoga teacher. I'm in leggings all
0: the time, and yep. if- that's
1: what I prefer too if you want to like throw it down and do a random squat every once in a while a yoga pan is going to give that to you for sure yeah but I do love a high-waisted flare denim
0: oh the flare denims are so in right now absolutely I love that me too so
1: boho yep 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 (gasps) okay favorite dessert oh that's a these are great questions I know right (laughs) (laughs) yes I love this (laughs) um I really love tiramisu. Oh, really? Yes. Growing up in the Midwest, <gasps> like the uh, the event for my family's birthdays was the Cheesecake Factory. Oh and I was like, give <laughs> me that tiramisu. Yes, because it's layered that. and it's oh, yeah. there's so much in it. Oh, yeah. Mine's
0: creme brulee. Oh, that's a good one. I love yes. creme brulee. Understandable. Like that custard, vanilla, the crunchy little... Mm. Everything about it is a dream. I love creme brulee. You'll steal my heart with creme brulee. I'll take note of that. Speaking of dessert, if you were to forced, you were forced. What? To open a bakery. Oh,
1: forced to open a bakery. (gasps) What would you call it? Oh my goodness. Oh, what? What would I call it? Oh man. I just throw it out there. I mean, maybe like sweet dreams are made of these. Like like the song lyric. Yeah. Something crazy, something fun. I like that. I'd have to shorten it. Maybe like sweet dreams dot 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 are Are made made of of these. I like that. But can I tell you one thing? Yes. Alternatively, I would open up a hair lasering place and I'd call it laser tag. (laughs) so can we just i had the answer ready for that one to open up a laser hair remover (laughs)
0: laser tag (laughs) if i opened a bakery what would you call it mel's high bun oh i love i probably would have like a pretty rad gluten-free sugar-free cinnamon bun and um, i would be
1: there every day. Oh man. And and purchase Gloom that.
0: Glumfree sugar free gets me every time. Yep, yep, yep. What's the weirdest thing you've ever
1: done on a date? Oh my gosh, out of the two i've ever been on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, uh, assumed that person was someone I was supposed to marry and then married them because I've literally oh, only shit. married the people that I've dated, like, twice. Aww. But it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's like a learning experience. True love it first sight. Something like that. whole heart into it. That's it. But let me think, like...
0: Something weird and awkward. Oh, man, I have a story not about me. Oh. Matt's going to kill me, but oh, go on. Sweet. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, I
1: don't want Matt to kill you. I wanted to just clear that up. Uh, okay. It, he's
0: not going to kill me, but he's going to be like, could what you did not you? have been like my friend of a friend? Got it. Okay, let me just reword this. So I have a friend of a friend who uh-huh. went on a probably the fourth or fifth date. Uh-huh. They got out of the car and they farted. Okay. And the girlfriend was like, did oh. you fart? And he goes, no, I did not fart. I'm like, it smells like fart. It's okay if you farted. I'm okay if you farted. Yeah. He's like, I didn't fart. Oh, can we drop this? I just didn't fart. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. He farted. Of course. He totally farted. 100,000%. Yeah, he didn't set that up to later. Oh, I have another one, but okay. it's so tequila and it really isn't me or Matt. Oh. It's a girlfriend of mine, one of my BFFs from high school. And if yeah. she's listening, I'm... Still Girl, I'm not gonna use your name.
1: Hello, friend from school. I don't know school. if I can. This is really tequila. Oh, really? Well, Ooh. do you want to add it, and then we can cut it out if it's too tequila. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Do it. Oh God, she's um, gonna kill me. Don't kill us.
0: But she does. I'm not using her name. Mm-mm. So, y'all, mm-hmm. she was in a little sexy mode, okay? Oh. And she was totally her BFF was getting down and getting dirty. Whoa downtown oh okay you know uh-huh yeah yes. she's get, like yes. she was like the receiving end yes of all she's of having that. a great day and they had just had a bath together okay so she was like I was all warm and loose yes and feeling relaxed it. uh-huh and so he goes down and doing his thing okay and comes
1: back up oh no she tooted Oh, she tooted. She
0: tooted. Wait,
1: like eye contact happened and she just let it go. She said that because her body
0: was so relaxed in yeah. the bath. Yeah. That she did not realize it just slipped out. Oh, yeah. When he was down like getting. That's my biggest fear. But I feel like everybody does that. You, you're tooting like when you're. Well, farting Not, for I'm, sure. But for in sure. that scenario, I hear you. You, you do a little, you a little do little puts. Yes, little puts. A little puts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But getting a little puts done when you're getting other things done I can hear be you. a little horrifying. I hear you. I hear you. Even if you've been married for 15 years. Was this years. her first date? No, I think it was probably, oh gosh, date five
1: maybe? Okay, okay. She was getting hot and heavy. You know, to quickly answer your question... Embarrassing things on a date, besides convincing people that we were at the stage that we should be married instead of dating <laughs> very way too quickly yeah. and being 19 years old, um, I would always greet my dates with a very firm handshake. Oh. And that has been brought up to me multiple that, times. Oh, friend. Which I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, I wouldn't be embarrassed. I'm like, that's you're just that's being a me. determined woman. That's who yeah. you are.
0: You're like, I'm figuring out your vibe yeah. first before I go in for like the hug because yeah. that men are all about signals. That's right. They're all about like, what does this signal mean? Yep. Am I gonna get base one?
1: Yep. Second and that was base? a zero to the third base. Hundred percent. This is like
0: you're gonna have to work hard. That's for this right. One. Yep. I like the Handshake. I don't think that's weird. Thank you. What's your favorite band?
1: Ooh. Yeah. That is a very hard question. Yeah. I love Celine Dion. Oh. I love Cher. Oh I love g- a band called the Ravenettes. Ooh. I love a band called the Walkman. Um, I absolutely love Whitney Houston. Oh my gosh. You couldn't love Whitney Houston. I love ABBA. Um, I love Lizzo are you kidding me
0: that we could do a whole entire podcast
1: in praise of lizzo
0: on lizzo i have people coming into my yoga class saying like lizzo's my therapy yep and i'm fired up from listening to her
1: boys she is bad ass oh she's badass i love lizzo yep okay black tea or coffee oh I thought you meant black t-shirt or coffee and I was like this is very hard that's <laughs> very hard I don't know if I want a black I wear a t-shirt I a lot of black t-shirts <laughs> yeah, you do. um black tea or coffee coffee for sure yeah for I'm me. a coffee girl yeah favorite place you've traveled oh I love um I love New York I love LA. Yeah. I love Malibu. Yeah. Oh, I love. Uh, Malibu. I love like I love Portland. I'm really oh, into Portland.
0: Portland's so cool. Yeah. It's like dreamy and like vampirish. Oh, sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. Are you an early riser
1: or a night owl? Am I allowed to say both? You can say whatever you want. This is green juice and tequila. This is green juice and tequila. That means I could say anything I want. So I prefer to wake up really early. Yeah. But sometimes my body just needs to sleep. Yeah. And I stay up late. Yeah. So um, I would say an early riser.
0: Early riser. Mm -hmm. So when you say early riser, what time is early riser?
1: I'm just curious. You know, because I rarely go to bed before... 12 30 or 1 a.m. like i usually an early rising for me would be 5 45. oh
0: yeah that's yeah. early if you're going to bed past midnight right um i turn into a pumpkin at yeah. 9 p.m. yep and my ass wakes up eh, maybe 4 45. that's amazing as i get up because i have to poop
1: that I, I wish my... that was what i oh, got that's what to wakes do me up I every morning. morning get out of here
0: oh yeah every time we're gonna talk later about that oh man i'm doing a
1: whole podcast on pooping
0: oh I will be listening. Ocean or the mountains? Ocean, ocean. Mm-hmm.
1: What what about ocean with mountains around it? <laughs> um, it's green juice and tequila. You can say whatever you want. You can have both. That's I okay. Think ocean with some mountains near it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. Super dreamy. I like being it's surrounded. Like the perfect photo shoot set.
1: One hundred percent. How many tattoos do you have? Okay, let's count. Yeah, because you've got a quite a few. Along. I've got quite a few. So I have my breakup tattoo that was my first tattoo, and I ended up marrying the person that I broke up with. Oh. So that's my husband now. Okay. Got that. Yeah. So that's one. And then I have my second one.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, And then my third one is actually three different tattoos. So Ooh. I have five. I love I'm that. And you have middle. it
0: all on the left side. Yes. Which is feminine side. Did you know that? Really? The feminine side. I just that, that intuitive understanding. They're giving. Really? Yes, which is totally you. That's no surprise. Thank you.
1: Green juice or tequila? Tequila. Oh
0: man. Yeah. I'm so torn. But if you
1: made me green juice, then I'd probably love it. And if we could integrate the two. Oh. I, I feel it.
0: like this is going to be kind of like the normal thing for my guest on these episodes yeah. is mixing the two because like we're obviously we're filming this episode y'all it's in the evening hours so yes. I will tell you the tequila has been rolling out yep but I had a podcast recording in the morning and I drank I pulled I made these beautiful green juices and these girls were like so where's the tequila oh I mean like, it's 10 30.
1: But they said we came here for both. Yes, so we spiked those green yes. juices up with some tequila. That's a fun Which morning. Which is okay. You yeah. can have both. Yeah, that's what makes this podcast so fun. We're representing it's so the title. Real. Yes. Thank you for representing green juice and tequila. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay, so that was fun. Yes, it was. I wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. So, okay, we're gonna get into some deep stuff here. Yes. We're going super tequila. So I, I have explained many a times that I want this podcast to be a platform to inspire women, to women, for women to share their stories, to say them out loud. So one that they can either liberate themselves or that it speaks to someone else who maybe is going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of topic points have been coming up with so many women lately around eating disorders Mm -hmm. and I know that you've been pretty open with your history of anorexia yes um I too had struggled with an eating disorder I struggled with bulimia when Mm -hmm. I was in high school and I remember a couple years ago you had posted was it a post or a blog that you came out and told your story about anorexia yeah and I remember reading it and being like okay First off, I love this girl for being so brave and courageous for putting that story out here. Because again, you're, you're perceived as this put-together professional photographer mm-hmm. who just like is beautiful and you would just never think, right? And so then there's that story and I was like, I feel like I wrote you. I feel like I messaged you mm-hmm. and said like, thank you so much for sharing this. Yes. And it gave me an opportunity and you were so gracious to listen to my story of struggling with an eating disorder. Mm. So I would love to just hear your opinion. A lot of professionals, and you can probably relate to this too, when you say, oh yeah, I had an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. oh, it's because you wanted to control something. Mm -hmm. Or it's because you wanted to be skinny. Mm. So what do you feel like is the reason behind why women develop these type of disorders Mm -hmm. where they're either suppressing themselves or
1: relieving themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know, it's pretty deep. Yeah, but I'm really happy that you're asking about this, and I totally remember that moment that you messaged me after that blog post was shared, and that was extremely touching to me because I feel like um, I... I started seeking help and recovery from my eating disorder when I was 14. And around that time, it was a topic that I heard mostly spoken about by adults. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't really something that I felt like I had peers around me to relate with me on it before I went to therapy and group therapy. Um, But in regards to people trying to put it in a... A really clean explanation of why it happens I can most confidently speak to how I perceive it happening in my life and how it came to be and it was from a combination of years between my early childhood and up until I got help which is when I was 14 where my family's life um which was a very isolated life in the country and we were homeschooled and I was raised in a very religious, conservative family mm-hmm. and um, by two parents that come from their own trauma stories mm-hmm. that we didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities growing up where we knew that if we had anything to talk about that was not positive, that there was an open space and a safe space for that. So... um There then comes the year where I turn 11 and my father has this extensive brain surgery. It was very traumatic. Um, It was something that came as a surprise. He was on vacation when he found out. And it was a very fast-paced scenario where he had this life-saving surgery, but afterwards did not have speech or numbers, could not drive, could not work anymore, and we lost our home and my youngest sibling was three years old and my oldest sibling was 12 and there were four of us at the time. And so with my mom being a stay-at-home mom and homeschooling all of us, she didn't work a, a traditional job outside of the home that brought in income, um, we kind of lost a lot of our stability there. And I saw my mom crumble. And as an 11-year-old... Um, with a mom that had codependent tendencies, I put it upon myself to do the best that I could to fill in all of the spare areas that my dad couldn't be. And so with that, I don't really remember when I decided, okay, the way I'm going to choose to handle this is to restrict my eating. Right. But that's just like how it manifested in yeah. me. I
0: feel like eating disorders have there's an emotional word Mm -hmm. description of what we're feeling Mm -hmm. which then stems the action behind it yeah so like when i was bulimic i was stressed yeah and so when i was stressed for me to relieve the stress i would throw up yeah and i would like throw up literally that stuff represented all the stress coming out and it left my body and then I had like this physical high afterwards that I felt really good Mm -hmm. and could take on my day. Mm -hmm. But again, like I did have a very traumatic, you know, upbringing as well. My Mm -hmm. parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. I had to take care of my sisters. It was just like this kind of hoopla craziness. Yeah. But I feel like with eating disorders, people, people kind of get it the wrong way. Like I think, Mm -hmm the media and mm-hmm. celebrities that they have like this thing of like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough Yeah. or I want to be perfect. Yeah. And so I'm going to do all these things to be perfect, but it's like, okay, what's stimming yeah. wanting the perfectionism? Yeah. What's stimming the disorder of, you know, not eating anything is because I don't deserve it. Or is it because I have anxiety mm-hmm. or I have, you know, immense amount of stress or I'm bipolar or whatever these things are. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like we need to talk more about this. Like women, yeah. we suppress it. Yeah. I like, I mean, I'm in my thirties mm-hmm. and I have worked in the wellness industry for quite some time now. And I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many women from either from their 17 mm-hmm. to 50 who are like, yeah, I'm still struggling with eating
1: disorders. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like... It's so sad. How
0: can we... Is there this underlining, like, coping mechanism that can jolt you out of it? Or do you just, like, re-kind of program your thoughts to... Okay, my emotion is stress, Mm -hmm. and my way of handling stress Mm -hmm. is to suppress or to relieve. Mm -hmm. And so when I feel stress, I need to start breaking those layers down like, okay, why am I stressed out right now? Yeah. Why do I feel overwhelmed? Yeah. Because I feel like I need to take care of my dad on all these different things. Or I need to pick up the pieces. And as a child, it's Mm -hmm. like... That's your way of surviving. Right. You're like, I have to do this. Yep. Because it's the only way that my brain knows how to cope. Yeah. To survive Mm -hmm. and handle these situations. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So this happens when you're like 11. Mm -hmm. You go into an eating disorder facility or clinic that helps Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. What age was that at and
1: what was that experience like? Yeah. So... I started nannying kids when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I would babysit them at their home. When I was very young, their parents would still be there. They would just need someone to to watch their kids while they're doing other tasks. And as I got older, probably around 13 and 14, I started just full-time nannying kids. Um, and it wasn't until I was at my sickest point where it was... Um, it was impacting my appearance in such a drastic way that yeah. no one could see me and say, "This person, this yeah. person is okay." There is, it, it was really, really frightening to see. And um, someone that I, I nannied her children. She was driving me back home um, after I was uh, done working there for the day, and she was so kind and gentle, and said here is a pamphlet to a place that I like to go talk to someone when I'm having, um, some moments of really bad anxiety. And I took it from her and I looked at the pamphlet and, and I immediately felt like I was seen by somebody. I felt like this person is handing me this pamphlet and also handing me this permission to be seen as a child Mm -hmm. because that's what I was. I wasn't, even though in my brain and in the role that I had filled in my family was at, uh, an adult, a provider, and someone that had to have everything together, it was so surreal to have another adult outside of my family see me as a yeah. person that truly needed help. And I ended up going to um, the mandatory doctor's appointment to make mm-hmm. sure that yeah, your parent is saying that you can go to therapy and that's when I was told you know you have twenty eight days to live oh my gosh. and you can either you can either be hospitalized and forced to and you were fourteen at this point. fourteen yeah, and then the other option was go to therapy and and see a nutritionist and see if you can gain the 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 weight back to maintain your organs on your own and that was what i I knew I could do that
0: that's amazing and also just like eye-opening I think too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you identify maybe some of the triggers that you felt like I mean if you could list out like three or four triggers mm-hmm. that you that would get you into an episode of like you know what I'm not gonna eat that today and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I want people to understand the emotion behind this because Mm -hmm. there's, again, I keep repeating myself, but I feel like people have an impression of what eating disorders are. Yeah. And it's not what they think that it seems. Yeah. So, like, just curious because I felt like I suffered more on the bulimia side than I did anorexia. Okay. So what would, so what would, like, the triggers kind of be with Mm -hmm. suppressing
1: Hmm. and maybe you don't know and that's okay too you know and like immediately after you asked that I really thought like what were they because for me personally it truly wasn't about weight and it wasn't about it
0: usually never is that's the crazy part people are like oh she wants to be super skinny and I was like no y'all it's something way deeper than that it's probably stress and anxiety it's probably some sort of experience that happened when you were like seven years old and then you developed a habit out of it and now you have that habit for the rest of your life and you have to figure out what the freaking habit is and stop it yeah yeah But, yeah, I'm, like, curious to just hear more people's stories and, like, what everyone's triggers were just out of curiosity. So Yeah,
1: honestly. And maybe you don't know,
0: like I said.
1: I think I I have at least a couple that I can remember clearly. I feel like with the turmoil that was going on with my parents at the time, my dad was for a very – well, I don't want to say a very brief time. For months he was a vegetable in our home and he had an in-home nurse. And, like – our house smelled like a hospital and um and it was the life had been sucked out of that house and but it was also not spoken about like nothing that had happened was being explained we didn't we didn't really know anything except that our dad was supposed to die from this he didn't die now he's here but we're losing everything else around us that caused us to have any shred of stability and so I think I felt like my life as a child was out of control um but being homeschooled being able to see every day for every minute that it had to show me in my parents strongest moments and in my parents weakest and most painful moments when you're seeing that without having a diffusion of socializing with other kids or having the support of teachers or in-school counselors, you are at home 24-7 watching adults have adult struggle that you feel so powerless to help with. And I would see my mom, you know, on the floor bawling. And
0: And she was probably trying to – I mean, they – they were doing the best that they could, yeah. you know, and oh, I totally. when we as children, we were learning these coping skills and different ways of trying to get ourselves to stabilize the best way that we can. So looking back on it, like what would, if things were different, mm-hmm. what would you have needed during that time that would have maybe alleviated some of those yeah. controlling situations or not wanting to eat or yeah. Whatever that might be, what would those things look like if you would have had them and yeah. needed them yeah. to maybe have changed the outcome a
1: little bit? Hmm, that's a really, really good question. I feel like, I feel like the things that I would have needed in that moment were things I needed before that event happened, and that was a connection with a parent that felt like it was a parent and not a peer. Mm-hmm. That was a very I know a relatable scenario but a very specific scenario about this instance where um, that bond wasn't established where I would be allowed to have a need that could be met by a parent. It wasn't a safe place to have needs that were um, maybe something that you needed to ask for support on or create a safe space around or talk about things that felt embarrassing or scary those type of foundational things weren't weren't there anyway.
0: So is that like more of like the nurturing, mm-hmm. like having like the more the parents yeah. rather than the friend?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like with that not being there initially, I don't think I had the knowledge in my brain to say, Oh, I'm allowed to cry. I'm yeah. allowed to say I'm really scared about this situation. Like, We're selling our cars. We're selling our home. We can't buy the amount of groceries that we can usually buy. And that fear is so plainly on my parents' faces that you feel like you're scrambling to figure out, Mm -hmm. how do I become an adult really quickly to help these people Mm -hmm. and to bring something to this family of value? Because I can't really use, I'm a kid, I still have kid needs. Yeah. um, I felt really useless in that moment. So after going through
0: this journey, especially at such a young age, like 14, you're just like starting to discover like who you are Mm -hmm. and what you kind of like, who you want to be. Right. Um, Coming out of your did you actually go through like an eating disorder like facility or a program that taught you like different tools of how to cope with it, how to get through it? Like what pulled you through mm-hmm.
1: the other side? Yeah. I went to a therapist named Corey and she had a um, a therapy clinic specifically for eating disorders. And I went to her twice a week. Um, and I went to her from the time I was 14 – up until the time that I was 18 and I would go to, um, I would go to individualized therapy twice a week and then I would go to group therapy where you would be able to meet other people going through similar Mm -hmm. experiences with eating disorders. And then I would go to, I went to a couple camps where it was with that one therapist. It was, um, all females and it was just a very, it was very challenging because you're, you're now in front of a bunch of people that are struggling with a very similar disordered eating as you are. But at the same time, like when it became mealtime, you get to go through those emotions with all these people that are looking Mm -hmm. at that food and being scared that this is going to impact them beyond how food can actually, you know, catastrophically impact your life in that scenario. Um,
0: Well, and unlike any other type of disorder out there, whether it's like drug or alcohol, it's like you can omit those things out of your life. Mm -hmm. You can't omit food. No. Like that's what, that's how you survive. That's how you live. Yeah. So it's a very different way of handling some sort of disorder. Yeah. Where you are reliant or not reliant Mm -hmm. on a substance. Mm -hmm. A substance that we absolutely have to have. Yeah. So... After going through those experiences as a child and coming out on the other side, how do you feel like you handle anorexia now as an adult? Mm.
1: You know, something that I really felt um, rang true for me is that my recovery journey is a journey. It's not something where I ever ever wanted to tell people I'm healed. I don't really like that term for myself or my experience um, because even I'm 30 now. and even when I even when I was going through college, I definitely had what I called relapses, where you yeah. feel like, oh, this is when I feel like my life is chaotic. But instead of nurturing myself and getting myself, therapy or taking care of my body in a way that is serving it and giving it power and fuel um, and food I would restrict and um, and granted coming out so much more, more publicly about what I have gone through mm-hmm. um, and knowing that there's more people around me that have experienced that it's actually made it more of something where I I will for one thing I've gotten much more therapy past when I was in therapy of for course. specifically anorexia. Yes. So y- I can be more aware of where my mind is at and what I'm needing that even though old habits can say restricting food will make you feel like you're in more control of the chaos what it's really telling me is what you're trying to do, Laura, is ignore your needs. Yeah. And you're trying to shush out taking it's, care of yourself. You're trying
0: to quiet it down.
1: Yes.
0: Well, and I feel like sometimes too, and I can catch myself doing that, it's like when I feel empty, mm-hmm. I feel like I can move faster. I can I can get through my day. When things start to get heavy, mm-hmm. shit comes up. Mm-hmm. Or I know, like, certain triggers for me, like, when I'm in a very stressful or chaotic state, Mm -hmm. I know, like, certain things will trigger that eating disorder tendency, Mm -hmm. so I have to be really, really cognitive, like, okay, I'm starting to feel anxiety, Mm -hmm. what's causing the anxiety, what can I go do right now to help move that energy? Yeah. Yeah. Or what can I do right now to either go talk about it or surround myself by somebody Mm -hmm. who can maybe distract me from it or whatever it might be. Yeah. But I think all in all, like as women, we all have some sort of tendency when it comes to the relationship with food, whether it's an emotional relationship Mm -hmm. or, you know, in some cases it's like this punishment. You're Mm -hmm. like, I've had a bad day. I'm going to come and eat an entire thing of cake and ice cream. Yep and I'm punishing myself and then after I eat it I'm like feel super guilty about it yeah and tomorrow I'm gonna fast all day I'm gonna like because I don't deserve this and this was a mm. punishment to myself so yeah. I think it's like sometimes when we say those things and those stories mm-hmm. out loud mm-hmm. we're like shit
1: mm-hmm
0: okay, I know why I'm doing this now. Yeah. But as an adult, we have more of the cognitive skills to be able to, yeah. I think, understand that. Whereas children, it's like we we do rely heavily on parents. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's a journey, like you said yeah. before. But all said and done, though, like, That journey has made you who you are today. That's true. Using this resource and outlet like photography, which allowed you to be creative. Yeah. And be able to share and see people's souls and share their experiences and their emotions. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of times when we go through those types of disorders, like giving is like the best medicine. Yeah. Like I'm such a giver too. Yeah. So like it makes you feel so good. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. You're like, this is my mission in life. And this it's is so what-
1: different from like I when you were talking earlier, um, it just made me realize like if if I had to put an one or two emotional words around what triggered me to mm-hmm. restrict, I think there was something in my brain that told me I need to save my family. And if I'm not doing that, which obviously no one could do that, yeah. no one in the world at any age could save other people in that scenario, um, I ultimately felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. And so, if anything triggers me in my in the past or in the current in the current um, time that I'm in, is when somewhere in my brain. Is deficient of self care and self awareness. And I let myself go to a place where I have signed myself up to become a savior person for Mm -hmm. someone. And that's always going to fail me because
0: that's never been
1: my appointed job.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think. I like I even see some of these tendencies in my daughter itself, mm. which scares the heck out of me. But mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I've gone through the journey I did because I can recognize some of those things. But the perfectionism, yeah. or yeah. to be the savior, or yeah. to not fail, right? Or just to be perfect, right? That for some other reason we put those standards in place, and I think, God, as moms too, like I'll tell you that much. It's like I to be imagine. this like perfect mom, and now I'm reliable for this human being I'm supposed to like grow and raise to be this stable balanced person oh my gosh which reality is that's never gonna happen but I will always be there for my kid I will be there I will listen I will love I will nurture I will understand yeah but yeah I think that when we start to tap back into Mm self-care and honestly it's like the things that we do I think like photography and what Mm -hmm. I do with yoga and and yoga retreats and all the messages that we put out there. We're like, Mm -hmm. yo, we got to empower ourselves to be more cognitive of how we're feeling and telling ourselves it's okay to feel that way
1: totally it's
0: okay to fucking fail every now and then absolutely it's okay to
1: make mistakes Mm -hmm. it's okay
0: to rest Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're feeling that Mm -mm. means you're honoring your entire body Mm -hmm. and the more and more people that have told me that Mm -hmm. it was like finally it clicked yeah like it was like all right this is giving me permission and now I feel better yeah But I think just even doing these podcasts, like you're giving women permission Mm -hmm. to one, tell their story. Yeah. And two, it's like, okay, something like anorexia or bulimia is so, so, so pushed under the rug. A hundred percent. It's such a secretive disorder that being able to voice the story behind all of it, it just gives women, I think one, they can relate to it. And two, they're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna this girl can get through it, I can get through it too. Absolutely. So I'm super grateful that you shared your story. Oh
1: my gosh. Thank you for having me oh on here. Oh
0: my gosh, yes.
1: Can I add one thing? Yes, and please do. You better cut it. But no. I think it this is just something for me that really was a large part of my journey. And it's this is like when you are afraid to go out there and be who you are. Whoever you want to be that day, whoever you want to love, however you want to dress, what you're feeling, what your interests are, what you want to do with your life, whether it's what you've been doing for the past 20 years or it's something that you want to change right now, if you're having those feelings of pushback, whether it's yourself or you're like, where is this coming from? I. No it's really scary but ask yourself who told you in the beginning that you mm-hmm. couldn't be any of those things. Yeah, it's true. That was huge for me is yeah. to figure out who told you in the first place that you couldn't be who you wanted to be. I
0: know, right? Yeah. Like, who made the standard that you had to do right. X, Y, and Z? Yes. I say that all the time to myself. I say that to my husband. I say it to my kids. I'm like, yeah. who told you you had to do all that? Yeah. And we put it on ourselves.
1: And it's fear. It is I fear. feel like someone scared. I mean, there's a person, maybe in a lot of people's lives, I know in mine, where there's a person that sets fear up around being your authentic self. Yeah whoever that is and you're allowed to change that narrative.
0: I love that. I love you. I love you more. (laughs) I'm so grateful for you. This has
1: been amazing. Oh my gosh.
0: Same here. I feel like I've learned so much and I've got to know you on this whole deeper level.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Well, y'all, if you want to follow Lara on her social media, we will post that at the information part of this podcast so you can follow her on her website on her instagram her stuff is amazing her stories are amazing if you love dogs you better pop your little ass on her story because she shares a lot of stuff about muffy That's right but most importantly photography is this girl's jam and she is so talented so reach out get inspired again thank you so much mama thank
1: so you grateful. so much yay yay <laughs>